nights. We are doing a book study. Um, this book was written by Steve McVeigh. It's called Beyond an Angry God. And we do this study at 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights. This coming Wednesday, we're in chapter 3. It would not matter what Wednesday you come in on because every Wednesday is self-supporting. Every Wednesday stands on its lo alone, stands on its own as a time for you to be here. And you will be blessed. You'll be encouraged. Your walk will be deepened. Your love for Christ, your passion for Christ will grow and deepen. So I encourage you to come out on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, for this great book study that we've begun. And I know that you will enjoy it. So, uh, when, I mean, is there a time for us to stop saying Happy New Year? Have you ever thought about that? When, when do you stop saying Happy New Year? Is it like a week into it? Two weeks into it? February 1st? Have you ever thought about that? I heard somebody say, oh, I, I don't stop saying Happy New Year until March. <laughs> I don't know. That's a little long for me. Now, I can see uh, someone else said, well, I, I say it to each person I meet new or have a conversation with new in the new year. Now, that makes sense to me up to a certain point, of course. So maybe about what, February 1st? Stop. <laughs> Stop saying first, second week. I, I'm not sure. I know this. 2019 is going to be a great year of blessing, and I am blessed. And you are blessed. And you are not blessed because you are good. You are blessed because he's good. I am not blessed because of anything that I do. I am blessed because of what he's already done. All right? A little better? Okay. I found it fascinating to look up the history of saying Happy New Year. I just, you know, it's something we always do. Uh, I've done it for decades. Happy New Year. But where did that start? The earliest recording of a New Year celebration is believed to have been in Mesopotamia in 2000 BC. The celebration of January 1st as a New Year is actually a relatively new phenomenon. Because when they celebrated the New Year in Mesopotamia in 2000 BC, it was mid-March. Furthermore, I didn't know that there used to only be 10 months in the year. January and February were actually added. The early Roman calendar designated March 1st as the new year and only had 10 months. Did you learn that in school? Got by me, I don't know. <laughs> I did a lot of things in school I shouldn't have done that caused me not to hear everything that was said. And so I thought maybe this was one of those things I, I just didn't hear. The first time the new year was celebrated on January 1st was in Rome in 153 BC. 
In fact, the month of January didn't even exist until around 700 BC when the second king of Rome added the months of January and February. And so the new year was moved from March to January because that was the beginning of the civil year. So in 46 BC, Julius Caesar introduced a new solar-based calendar that was a vast improvement on the ancient Roman calendar which was a lunar system that had become crazy and accurate through the years. The Julian calendar decreed that the new year would occur with January 1st, and within the Roman world, January 1st became consistently observed starting with that new year. Interestingly enough, in the Middle Ages, in medieval Europe, celebrations of the new year were considered pagan and unchristian, and so they were canceled. We do the same thing today with things like Christmas and Easter. There are Christ followers who don't believe you should celebrate those things because they're pagan. Yeah, and I think you're just hearkening back to the mid-ages too. Come on. Get a smile on your face. Celebrate Christmas and Easter. Quit being a puss. I use that word in Bible study on Wednesday night, and so a couple of people took me to task for it. Don't you mean sour puss? No, puss. Do you ever call somebody a puss? Just sour. So listen, listen to this. The, the Gregorian calendar, January 1st, was restored when the Gregorian calendar was issued in 1582. And so January 1st was restored as New Year's Day. I don't know about you. I just find that kind of, those kind of things fascinating. I love to learn. I love to learn. How many of you know we are ignorant about a lot of things? We just have, we're not stupid. There's a difference. We're just ignorant of a lot of things. We just haven't learned. I found, I, 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 I don't know, maybe it's my age. I ask now, why do I do things? Why do I do that? Why do I say that? I don't just accept things as, well, we've always done it that way anymore. Have you ever asked, what makes anything new? What makes anything new? I looked up the word new, and it means not existing before, made, introduced, or discovered recently or now for the first time. Now everything we call new would not fit that first description or definitions. I, I kept reading and there's a second definition of the word new. Already existing but seen, experienced, or acquired recently or now for the first time. How many of you know when you walk into your grocery store and you're shopping or you walk in a mall or retail outlet, you see new improved, <laughs> updated, new. And do you know most of the things that we make a decision to buy switching over from something else is largely because of advertising that says it's new and improved. We're in that season where all the car commercials now for 2019 have hit the television. New, improved. I'm always disappointed when I go and I open something, maybe a new box of cereal or a box of cereal that they say is new and improved. I can't tell the difference. 
I guess if it's like Lucky Charms, did they add a charm? <laughs> what, what makes Lucky... What would make Cocoa Puffs new? How would you dare make Cocoa Puffs new? And some things just shouldn't be messed with. I don't want them new, improved. I like them the way they are. Thank you very much. <laughs> so what makes things new? I had a thought. I know you're thinking, oh, oh no. This is always dangerous when he th starts thinking. I, ha I had a thought when I was preparing to talk to you about the new year. And it was, has God ever experienced anything new? I mean, if he's been around like forever, we call it eternity. He has no beginning he has no end. He's just always been. Is there anything new to God? Have you ever thought about that? On the one hand, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, right? In Ecclesiastes. The Bible also says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, how can he be new? And yet he is the one who created the new birth. The new birth there are three things you might want to write them down there are three things that make all things new for 2019 there are three things that are going to make everything in your 2019 new number one the inauguration of God's kingdom what do I mean by that Jesus said, he went about, or he didn't say this, it's recorded that when Jesus went about all the cities and villages, he was teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So when we talk about preaching the gospel, which means good news, do you realize that the good news Jesus preached was about a place, a reality, a dimension that was new to them? Now, God was not a new concept to them. Teaching from the scriptures was not new to them. Religious services were not new to them. But teaching the gospel of the kingdom was new. Why? Because coupled with teaching and preaching about this kingdom, he healed every sickness and every disease among the people. In other words, he demonstrated God's rule and God's power when he preached. And if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that must mean that while I'm preaching right now and while you're in this room listening and hearing, you can experience the same power of God that they experienced back then. All you have to do is believe. Luke chapter 17, I didn't, uh, I didn't write it down as a scripture, says the kingdom of God is within you. What's that mean? That when I believe on what Christ did when he came, 
that his rule comes into my life and I become a new creature. I am participating in the kingdom of God. Dear ones, I tell you that when Jesus came, he died, he was buried, and he rose again. He inaugurated a new rule throughout the universe. He forever changed everything about creation and the world through what he did. And that kingdom is within you. Last week we talked about how that the kingdom of God is within us. And it's what? The love that God gave us to love each other. Some of you were here last week when the Holy Spirit just said, take your morning offering, have it counted, and give it away. And so we did that for the Estrada family. We didn't know the Estrada family. In fact, their first time here at Genesis was last week. But it was a little bit of a setup because my good friend Dorothy from Growing Home arranged to have this family come to church. But what none of you knew and what they didn't know was that we were going to take our morning offering and give it to them just as an expression of love. This is Robert over here and some of his family members, his sister. Robert, if I'm not mistaken, this week your electrical bill was wiped out and your electricity was turned back on. Your rent was paid in full and you were given hundreds of dollars in groceries, both you and your mother. Isn't that tremendous? <laughs> Here's another great testimony. I, I think, see, this is what being part of the kingdom of God, where he rules your thoughts and he rules your desires and he rules your life as you lovingly just surrender to his loving rule. His kingdom is amongst, amongst us. His kingdom has come and wiped out the power of death. Here's what's so exciting when we operate in that kingdom and love other people well. When we handed him that check on Sunday morning, this is something that most of you also don't know. The check was for $850. That's what had come in in the offering. By the time he came to my office this past week with his mother and we sat down together to write checks for the bills, there was over $2,200 that was given to the Estrada family. Now folks, that's new. <laughs> that's a new way of acting. That's a new way of believing. That's a, that's a new way of doing church. To come together, gather, have a family in need that we don't even know brought here. And then for the Holy Spirit to say, just give them your offering. Just give them your offering. Isn't that wonderful? Here's another reason that's going to make your 2019 new is the new birth. If you have believed, if you have acknowledged, that's all you need to do, just acknowledge that Jesus died for you. 
He was buried and he rose again. And that God did something that changed the entire universe through Jesus. If you just believe that and acknowledge it, the Bible says you will be born again. Your 2019 will drastically be new and different and more exciting and more full of life if you will simply believe that one thing. I didn't say join our church. I didn't say believe everything in the Bible. I didn't say believe everything the way that we teach it and believe it. I said simply believe that Jesus came, died, rose again, and that in that act of inaugurating his kingdom, he did it for me and for you, and all I need to do is say, God, I don't understand it all. I don't even know if I believe everything that's in the Bible, but I believe you did that for me in your son, Jesus, and I acknowledge it. It's mine. You say, well, I'm not sure I want to be one of those Christians. Everyone I know is kind of a puss. <laughs> yeah, and there's a whole lot of them I know that are sour, angry, hard to get along with, judgmental. You don't have to believe what I believe. You don't have to start reading your Bible, going to church, change all your behavior in order to be born again. You simply need to acknowledge, just acknowledge and say, well, God, if you did that for me, I'm all in. Thank you. And the third thing that will absolutely change your 2019 is to understand that God has pronounced blessing over your life. Now what do I mean by that? It just sounds too good to be true. God's first act towards man after he created him, was to bless him. We also have the angel who came and announced to the shepherds at Christmas time, right? At the birth of Jesus, which we celebrate as Christmas on the 25th. I don't know if it happened on December 5th, 25th, and I don't care. It happened. The angels came and they announced peace on earth, good will towards men. That is God's declaration over you. All you need to do is acknowledge it. You say, well, will everything change and be better in my life? No. You know why? Because of fallen, the fallen earth, and because of sin. But now your personal sin, forgiven, wiped out, cleansed, gone. Because of what Jesus did. You say, what about something I do this next week? 
Forgiven. Already? Forgiven. What about a month from now? Forgiven. Well, I understand that my past was forgiven, but, but are, you, are you saying tomorrow, if I, if I miss it, if I blow it, if I sin, that that's forgiven? Already. See, we call ourselves Christians, but we really do not believe the Christian gospel of the good news that what God did in Christ was to reconcile humanity to himself and pronounce upon them blessing, good favor, good will towards all men. So, you know, I told you a minute ago that I have to look things up. I don't just believe things because. So I, 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 I started looking up. What will make my 2019 truly different? Okay, we say that. Happy New Year. What will really... Here it is, Genesis. Watch this, Genesis. Starting each day with the Father's first words over humanity. Number one, there are two things that will make 2019 completely different for you. Number one, starting each day with the Father's first words over humanity. Here they are. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed. Would everybody read that out loud? And God blessed. Do you realize that God's first action towards the human being he had created was to bless them? He wasn't angry. He wasn't mad. He didn't give them a moral list. He didn't give them the law. All of the things. Hey, I need you to understand now. I've created you, and here's how I expect you to act. He didn't do that. The first thing that God did towards humankind was to bless them. Now, if he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. All right. Now, watch, here's the first five words that God said to this new human being. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Do you know that at least at that time when that was spoken by the Father, over Adam and Eve, that was the kingdom of God. That was a reality that they walked and lived in, they talked with God, they fellowshiped with God. Hey, news. All right, I have something new for you. It might be brand new for some of you. When Jesus came and he died and he was buried and he rose again, he reestablished your blessing he reestablished your position and posture in the father as blessed and so you now should be fruitful you multiply some of you say please no no more i'm done multiplying okay but there's other ways you can multiply fill the earth subdue it to have dominion in other words rule and reign we do that through christ You know, as I think about it, my definition, 
of being blessed went more like this while I was growing up and I'll have to admit for the first couple of decades of my preaching ministry this would have been my definition of being blessed see it see if it's yours and this would also fit the new year every time we got to January in the new year then I started to think about these things pressing more diligently to reach my goals huh all right accomplishments it's important for me to rise up and to be more accomplished to to get some things done that I haven't done right it's new year we start thinking about I've got to be more diligent I've got to reach those goals and this year I'm going to accomplish this this and that right that's what the new year's always been it's my new opportunity to realize some hopes and dreams that I haven't been able to realize before Oh, and it's the new year, so the hand of God is on me in a new way. And here's one. How about changing something about us that needs to be better? I'm going to cut my hair. I'm going to comb it differently. I'm going to style myself. I'm going to get that new pair of shoes. I'm going to stop cussing. I, I, I'm going to drop these few friends, and I'm going to get a couple new ones. I'm, you know what? You know, this year, I'm going to stop smoking. This year, I, I'm, I'm going to go to church at least once a month. I'm going to go to church. That's a new commitment. It's the new year. Praise God, I'm going to go to church once a month. Boy, for some people, that would be a victory. I mean, that would be revival for some, some folks. But see, the new year always tends to be about something I need to do to perform to get God's approval. How many of you are with me? You understand what I'm saying? It, it always tends to be about an accomplishment that's out there that I need to get. It's, it always tends to be about some, some deficit, some inadequacy in me that I want to overcome. And so here's the new year, and I'm going to apply myself afresh. And boy, has Western religion played into all of that and actually sponsored that and, and, and made that whole thing uh, a thing of religion and guilt. And Because in Western religion... Being blessed is about getting God's approval. In Western religion, being blessed is about getting something I need from the Lord that I don't yet have and I need, especially money. How many times have you gotten a financial increase and you've called it a blessing? Well, it may be but that actually has nothing to do with the definition of the Hebrew word right here in verse 28 of Genesis chapter 1 that says, and God blessed. It does not mean, and God gave them a new camel. I mean, work with me here. I'm trying to... and, and God gave them a new home or God gave them new clothes, or God, and those things are good, they're wonderful, thank God, when he blesses you with those things, but it actually has nothing to do, very little to do with money, or you improving your character, or you reaching for new goals, none of it, and yet religion has taught us that it does. 
the blessing of the Lord, or to be blessed, as we call it, has nothing to do with God approving you. Now that's good news for a lot of us. Because I absolutely thought that I needed to change and improve and go for it and get holier and become a better Christian for God to approve me and me to be able to receive his blessing. Turn to somebody and say, I thought that too. Go ahead, just tell him, I thought that too. <laughs> okay, here is God's definition of blessed. It is the Hebrew word barak, and it means to bow or bend to fill the hand. To bow or bend to fill the hand. Let's dig down in that. There's two words for the word bless, barak and ashar. This is speaking of in Hebrew. The word barak is actually made up of three different syllables, each of them having their own unique meaning. And the word in this word is contained the action, the object, and the abstract. This is true of almost all Hebrew words. The action, the ob object, and the abstract. When you're talking about the blessing, God blessed them, the blessing of the Lord, it actually means to kneel down presenting a gift. When we read that Adam and Eve were made in the image of God, this is an actual literal mechanical translation of that by Jeff Benner, a Hebrew scholar. And the powerful one filled the man with his shadow. Dear ones, you are in the very image of Almighty God. You are not the creation of your parents. You are not some afterthought. You're not an accident of mom and dad. You're actually not even the creation or children of Adam and Eve. I know, I, I know, just bear with me here. <laughs> we all originally in some way came from those two, but I'm just saying, stay with me. You have God's DNA in you. When he created Adam and Eve, he actually filled the man with his shadow. What is a shadow? Can anybody tell me what a shadow is? Yeah. Well, let's, let's just demonstrate here. Where is it? All right, guys, you're going to help me with the lights, please. All right, watch this. Kathy, would you please come up here? Kathy Randolph. All right. Could we have all the lights off just for a moment? You come up here, please. All right. You're going to hold this on me. All right. Now, can hold it up real high and down. Can anybody see what's behind me here? All right, come up here. Let's do it up here. Hold it down on me and create a shadow. All 
right? I'd have her get on top of a chair, but that would scare her. Okay, can you see what's falling behind me? All right, let's have the lights. Thank you, Kathy, very much. Here. What is the shadow? It's a direct, not just representation, it is. It is in just another form. It's there because of the original. You are here because of the original. God, you don't have his nose. How many of you know you don't have his hair color or his ears? When it says you're made in his image, you're not talking about physical characteristics, is he? You are the very essence of what makes God, God. And then Adam fell. But Jesus came and restored humanity back to God's essence, God's kingdom, God's rule, God's love. Life as God has it. Happy New Year. You are blessed. Now, Here's what it means to be blessed, literally. You are familiar, I'm sure, with this ironic blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance. Upon you. you remember that from Numbers chapter 6? Very common, very popular, end of service type of blessing. In some churches, every service is ended that way. You've been there, right? But what you don't know is when you look at an actual, literal, mechanical letter for letter, word for word, rendering of the Hebrew, what this first verse, verse 24, looks like. Here it is. This is by Jeff Binner once again. Yahweh will kneel before you presenting gifts and will guard you with a hedge of protection. God blessing you is because he so loves you, so favors you, you are so in his image that he is willing to come and kneel before you and fill your life with good things. Now that's blessed. That the creator of the universe would humble himself. Paul wrote regarding Jesus that though he was God, he thought equality with God not a thing to be grasped, but he took on human form and humbled himself and became a man. Why? He became a man like me so that he could redeem me to be like God. You're not blessed because you are good. You are blessed because he is good. You are not blessed because of what you do. You are blessed because of what he did. I don't know about you, 
But this absolutely changes the whole equation of blessing. I'm not out there trying to get. I'm not out trying to change so that I can get God's approval. He has already bowed himself before me. He has already bowed and reached out and given me everything I could want in Christ Jesus. I told you there were two things that will absolutely change your 2019, and here's the second one. We need to put first things first. In Acts chapter 2, I was reading yesterday about the birth of the church. So we have the birth of Jesus in Luke's gospel, chapter 1 and 2, and we have the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2. In that chapter, it talks about how that Jesus left and went to be with the Father, and he said, you wait here in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes who is promised from my Father. Acts chapter 2 details that outpouring. Dear ones, in 2019, we desire here at Genesis a fresh outpouring of God's Spirit on us. That was how the first church was born. We can do no better Without the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, week in and week out, they labor in vain that build the house. They that build the house labor in vain unless the Lord builds it. First things first, let's start praying. Lord, we are open to a fresh outpouring. We sang about it in one of our songs, God's Presence. We are open. We're not begging God to send the Holy Spirit Listen carefully. He is already sent. You do not pray for God to send the Holy Spirit anew. He's already been sent. I have to acknowledge and open myself afresh to this outpouring that came 2,000 years ago. Number two, acknowledge your reconciliation. As long as you walk around with a sin consciousness, with a you need to change and perform to get God's approval, you will never recognize and acknowledge your reconciliation to God and that you are in God, in Christ, already perfect, already complete. He is bowing. He is kneeling and giving you everything that could fill your hand that you need. He has blessed you. It was his first action towards humanity and it continues to be his attitude towards you today. Number three, as I was reading in that chapter, one of the translations, Weiss' translation, said that they experienced startling, amazement-awakening miracles. Startling, amazement-awakening. In the name of Jesus, I release startling, amazement-awakening miracle of his blessing in your lungs and throughout your bloodstream. Be it unto you according to his word. 
that Jesus bore your sickness and carried your stripes. What am I talking about, dear ones? There are going to be people flowing into Genesis who have all kinds of needs, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional. We can't do this thing without the power of the Holy Spirit. We need fresh outpouring. We need to acknowledge who we are in Christ and quit moping around like just sinners saved by grace. You are not just a sinner saved by grace. You are a reconciled son and child of God. And yes, you are walking in his grace. Third, let's start believing God around here for amazement, awakening, miracles. And by the way, it would do good to start with you putting a smile on your face and coming to church regularly and being here even before time so that you can greet all the people that God's going to be sending us. Let us not in the new year let this facility, let this room or our nurseries or educational rooms be empty of workers and lovers and smilers and handshakers while you're all out just getting to church at the last minute or whatever you're doing. Be in the rooms, be in the sanctuary, put a smile on your face, go up to people, greet them warmly, love on them, be amazement, awakening miracles, all of you. I commission you this morning, I release to you this morning that you are an amazement, awakening miracle yourself. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. You received an amazing miracle. We were sitting in my office figuring out sums to write the check for. And and Excel, public service, utility company, calls and says, we have forgiven all $1,900 of your past due utilities. We wipe it out. You start with zero right now. You don't think that's an expression of Jesus' blessing, of God bowing his knee before you and our, us, you and me, his highest creation, who when he created us, his first action was to bless, to give, to fill our hands, say fill, subdue, rule, multiply. That was God's nature towards us and it's never changed. Jesus has redeemed us back to that place in the kingdom of God. We should expect those kind of miracles. We should expect the blessing of the Lord in our life in every way. It's not a surprise. But you need to realize, wake up, church. You are that miracle. Had I not called Dorothy, Dorothy, had you not listened to the Holy Spirit in helping this family even before I called you? If they had not responded, if I had not listened to the Holy Spirit and called you, they would not have been here. And you'd still be sitting probably with a $1,900 utility bill, a $1,500 rent bill, and no groceries, and your electrical turned off in the midst of the coldest season. And all of that's been wiped out in less than a week 
because we chose to be an amazing or amazement awakening miracle ourselves and say, God, you will supply our need. Let's just give our morning offering away to somebody that needs it. Amen. Pastor Jeff, you're getting a little excited here. Amen. <laughs> Number four, fellowship, teaching, eating, giving. It would be a miracle in 2019 if everybody that calls Genesis their home church started coming every week for teaching and eating together and giving of your sustenance. Read Acts chapter 2. It's what charged that church. And you know what the outcome of living this way was in Acts chapter 2? Read it. Go home and read it for yourself. At the very end, the last two verses of the chapter says, because they put first things first in that new church, it says, and that day 3,000 people were added to their church membership because they gave themselves to first things first. Dear ones, do you realize the kind of year that is ahead of us as we walk in the blessing of the Lord?